Well, thank you for the uh, introduction. <laughs> oh, praise God. Well, it's good, it is good to be here, and uh, the Lord is, uh, is good. Uh, Sister Jostran, of course, uh, told me, please tell them thank you for everything. When I say everything, you know, texts, cards, calls, flowers, gifts. Uh, and food candy, for my wife food. told me to do the same thing, and I, I, I failed. And <laughs> if there are any dishes that you brought, it, we may have them at the front. But thank you. I, I failed on that one. Well, praise God. We'll get it all in here. Uh, but she did tell me to be sure and thank everyone. Uh, I appreciate the prayers of God's people especially when you go through a trial or a test and you feel that wonderful support from the body, from the church, from the people of God. Uh, the Lord is, is, is good, and we thank him for it. I looked on the uh, calendar today, and it said uh, Ash Wednesday. Um, how many know what Ash Wednesday is? Oh, a few of you uh, are acquainted with that. It's, uh, it's a day before Lent. Lent uh, lasts 40 days because Jesus was in the wilderness and tempted and fasted 40 days. So it lasts 40 days, and uh, it uh, is a day of repentance, a day of um, professing our uh, devotion to God and confessing sins. And uh, uh, to many, it's a holy day. Uh, to us, it's a holy day. Every day is holy. But uh, it is a special uh, holy day. And uh, many wear a, a cross on their forehead of ashes to remind them that uh, came from dust, and dust you will return. And uh, so it's an important, important day. It is also, uh, Pastor mentioned it, it's Valentine's Day. And um, uh, whether you know it or not, but uh, it, it was a uh, Christian feast day because in uh, 270 AD, man by the name of Valentine was martyred by Claudius II, uh, the uh, emperor of Rome. And so they celebrated uh, the 14th of, of uh, February, and uh, colors were red, uh, white, and I think uh, pink was the official colors of, of uh, Valentine's Day. So it's, a, uh, it's a, a, a day also of uh, love and romance. And is it mentioned in the Bible? No. Uh, but uh, there is a lot in the Bible about love, uh, and I'm glad that we can love one another uh, and so on. Now, somebody had a birthday today. Am I right? Who had a birthday or what? The ninth. Is what? The ninth of the word. When? The ninth of the word. The ninth. Tonight? No, the ninth. Eight. The ninth was a birthday. Oh, good. Well, I, uh, we're, so we're celebrating a birthday, uh, the 9th of February? 
Is that right? All right, good. And so we're going to, uh, <coughs> happy birthday for the ninth, uh, and uh, uh, belated, but it's, uh, it's good. Uh, and uh, so it, it's also, as I said, a day of, of uh, romance and love. Uh, and so uh, I asked the pastor if I could do this, and he said, okay, and, and uh, 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 when I went to check out, a lady said, uh, you got lots of friends, lots of Valentines. I said, yes. So I'm gonna give every lady here, uh, Pastor, if you will hand out, uh, if you will promise me one thing, don't open it and eat it for the next few minutes. <laughs> wait till, uh, uh, wait till after service. Uh, she wanted me uh, uh, to do this uh, because it is, it is a special day. Uh, I, I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad that uh, uh, you are here. Uh, and since you are here, then you receive uh, uh, ladies, uh, ladies, this is for the ladies, uh, a special uh, uh, gift just to remember uh, uh, Valentine's Day, the 14th. <clears throat> now, uh, as uh, the pastor said, um, I was raised in uh, St. Paul, and I, I came in the church when I was uh, beginning my uh, teens, and um, we were, uh, had a wonderful, and he was a Norwegian. He spoke uh, kind of broken English, and his name was Brother George By. He called himself George By, and uh, was just a powerful uh, song leader, and he uh, uh, would inspire you to, to sing. And he would always, uh, and we asked him one day, Brother Bai, why do you always sing 100? And he would say, let's turn to 133. And so we'd turn, and in the, in the song book, I think that was uh, the song, In That Great Getting Up Morning. And we would sing that and just shout the victory. And, uh, and then uh, he had a few songs such as Joy Unspeakable, uh, oh, I want to see him. We're marching to Zion, and we'd have a victory march. And then, uh, I need thee every hour, the lily of the valley, when we all get to heaven, when the roll is called up yonder. Uh, those songs, just uh, after you'd sing them, we'd sing them every service, all the time. He had about seven or eight songs, and, and uh, for 30 minutes we would sing sing those songs, and, uh, and, and he always had that one that he would always turn to, and we'd ask him about it as I sit, and he'd say, well, it's one of my favorite songs. Well, uh, I uh, uh, found a new song that uh, since I came here, uh, and, uh, I, I, and I'm trying to get it into my mind, uh, because I don't remember it all like I do uh, uh, 
when we all get to heaven. Uh, but uh, uh, the song goes, no matter the attack, I won't turn back. This means war. This means war. This means war. This means war. And I, that's about what I remember uh, from that uh, song. Uh, and uh, it, it's uh, new to me. And my wife uh, told me, she said, well, uh, Valentine's Day, you ought to speak on love. Uh, and um, God is love. And so I said, well, you know what? Uh, I want to speak about this means war. So, <laughs> so on, uh, on Valentine's Day, uh, you can say, well, the bishop spoke about this means war. Uh, and uh, 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 I looked in the word of the Lord and I found the word uh, warfare five times in the Bible. Uh, two times in the Old Testament and three times in the New Testament. And so I, I thought, well, if I'm going to talk about war, uh, I want to see what, what the Bible says. So Second uh, Corinthians, the 10th chapter and the 4th verse, if you're taking a note, mark that down. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The weapons of our warfare. So we're in a war. The other verse I want to read to you uh, in the, the uh, New Testament, 1 Timothy, first chapter in the 18th verse. Paul gives Timothy some good counsel, some good advice. This charge I commit unto thee, son, Timothy, according to the prophecies which were uh, before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. So uh, <clears throat> our weapons uh, uh, of warfare are not carnal, and we have to war a good warfare. We are, uh, uh, well, this means war. We're, we're in a war. Yes. And, uh, and, and I'm not talking about Israel, Ukraine, and all of these events that are going on, but we're in a war. And I begin to think, since he said that uh, this, uh, I want to show you, or at least... I want to emphasize to you about the weapons of our warfare. Now, war is, is not, uh, it's not a nice thing. Uh, and uh, I, I'm going to tell you what I remember about uh, the World War II. Uh, December 7th, 1941, uh, the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor, and uh, our Congress declared war on Imperial uh, Japan. And uh, I lived in St. Paul, Minnesota, and uh, uh, 
we had in the city uh, a scrap metal drive uh, during the war. I was about eight years old, and us neighborhood kids, we all had uh, these little lead soldiers. They were about two inches high, and uh, they were uh, soldiers that were in different positions of fighting, carrying guns, and, and we would play with them. I don't know how many, a dozen or so I had, and the neighborhood kids, we all had them, and we'd get out and we'd uh, put them around on a uh, sand hill and we'd place them and we'd build little forts with uh, cherio sticks and we'd, we'd just, that was, well, it would occupy us for a long time and we just had fun playing. And uh, this is what I remember about the war now. I didn't, I remember that we had these scrap metal drives and my mother came and said, son, uh, we all have to sacrifice something. So uh, you need to give up these lead soldiers. And we got, a, I had a little uh, red metal wagon, uh, all metal. And she said, uh, we're gonna take these soldiers and put them in the wagon and, and you have to make a sacrifice because they'll make bullets out of them and weapons and, and uh, you have to do, make this sacrifice. And so I remember it probably was about a half a mile from us where they had just blocks of scrap metal. And I remember putting those soldiers uh, as a little kid, uh, putting them in the, the red wagon and bringing them down and to the scrap metal drive and, and uh, almost wanted to kiss them goodbye and say, here, had to give that up. Well, that's... Uh, that and the fact that, that uh, uh, we had some uh, ration books that each member of our family got and uh, they would ration uh, uh, meat and sugar and different products that you had to have this little book and a stamp. Uh, and that's what I remember about war uh, was making this sacrifice uh, uh, for uh, the good of our country. And uh, that was in 1941. I think the war ended in maybe 1945. And, uh, and then uh, uh, I remember in 1950, uh, it was called the Korean War or the Korean Conflict. And uh, uh, that was North Korea, against South Korea and communism takeover. And we didn't want uh, communism to take over the country, so uh, America entered. I don't know all the detail, but we got into that anyway. And uh, I was at that time now, I was in Bible school. And uh, my first year, and when we reached, uh, I reached my 18th birthday, and we all had to register because they were drafting uh, in, at least in our city, and I guess it was all over uh, federal. It was a draft, and uh, so, uh, of course, I registered for that, and uh, uh, I was, uh, I guess, probably about the middle of the year, I received a letter, and uh, it said that uh, you need to report for a physical. So I uh, went to my pastor, who was the president of the uh, Bible school, uh, ABI, and I, I said I received a letter 
that uh, uh, I'm to go for a physical. And he said, well, they can do that with anyone, but he said, did you notify the school or did you tell the secretary that uh, give them your draft board name and where it was located in the city? And I said, no, I, I forgot. He said, well, that's why you probably got the letter. He said, so I'll, we'll inform them and see uh, what happens. And uh, so, uh, because they were deferring individuals, if you were in college or Bible school, or uh, and they were deferring you until you finish school. Anyway, so uh, uh, in a little bit, I, after I took the physical and I got a letter and said, you passed 100%, and uh, so uh, uh, you're going to report uh, at a certain day to, uh, uh, for, uh, to go to basic training and you're gonna be inducted into the Army. And so I went to my pastor again and I told him, I said, well, they sent me a letter and said, uh, you're, you're passed and so that you're uh, fit for the Army and so uh, uh, you're gonna have to go. And uh, so uh, uh, he said, well, we sent a letter and he said, uh, I'm gonna ask the church to pray and you wanna, you wanna finish your Bible school? I said, well, I'd like to, but I said, if they draft me, there's not much I can do. He said, well, we're going to pray. Well, uh, I, they sent the letter and said, pack your little duffel bag with your toiletries and your things. He said, you're going to basic. The day before I was to leave, <coughs> I got a letter and said, we're deferring you and you can stay in Bible school uh, until you finish and uh, uh, Brother Norris went to the church and said, we just had a miracle. <laughs> said, this young man, uh, they said they're gonna defer him and, uh, uh, until he finishes school. And uh, so uh, we just thank the Lord for a, a miracle. But that's, uh, that's what I remember about the Korean War and then uh, you will remember we had a young man in our church named Charles Ford who was a prisoner of war for 33 months uh, in Korea. Uh, and he was there on our ministerial staff uh, in the church and uh, uh, survived just uh, horrible conditions. But uh, that's, uh, that's what I remember about uh, the Korean War, a miracle uh, that uh, took place as far as, as uh, I was concerned. And then, uh, and, and that war was over, I think, in probably three, three years or so. Uh, and uh, this uh, man I was telling you about spent 33 months, almost the full length of the war. Well, and then uh, in um, 1955, uh, the Vietnam War uh, came. Uh, this is what I know about war. This was the first time uh, the term guerrilla warfare uh, was used uh, in uh, the Vietnam conflict or war. And uh, we got involved in that because we didn't want communism to spread uh, and uh, so on. So 
uh, we were involved in the country. Well, at that time, I was uh, pastoring uh, in uh, Lone Oak, Arkansas, and uh, my nephew, uh, one of my nephews in St. Paul, uh, Bobby, was just a brilliant young man. Went, uh, he was raised Lutheran and uh, went to a private Lutheran school and, and college and so on. And, and, uh, but he decided he wanted to go in and uh, called me one day and said, I'm going to enlist. And he did. And I said, well, we'll be praying for you, Bobby. And he went in and then he, uh, he, he was so involved in it. And uh, he said, I want to go into special forces. So he went into special forces and was trained and went on extra training and, and uh, they sent him to Vietnam. And he joined a five-man team and they parachuted behind enemy lines. Uh, they were so well-trained and they were all very smart young men. And uh, uh, they called in the strikes, uh, the bombs and things, uh, napalm, whatever they used. Uh, it was kind of a chemical warfare, and he he was uh, well trained how to escape, and and uh, they they did this all at night, and they all used these uh, uh, night uh, where they could see at night the vision, and and uh, 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 he spent two years uh, in uh, Vietnam, and uh, uh, they gave him an R and R the team because it was so intense. And uh, that was not, the war was not well thought of in America. We didn't want to be involved. People were protesting and so on. And uh, uh, my nephew came back on the R&R after he spent two years there. And uh, uh, when they got off the plane, the team got off the plane, I think either in New York or New Jersey, and he said uh, there was a protest crowd there and they spit on us and they called us all kinds of horrible names. And uh, he said, we've been over there risking our lives for you to have freedom. And, and he said, we come back and, and uh, he said, uh, we're spit on and they, and they just threw things at us. He said, it was just horrible. And uh, uh, he, uh, when he, he, he broke, he just collapsed, just said, I cannot take this. And so uh, they spent some time there and uh, he finally, when it was time to go back, he said, I can't go back. I cannot do this, I can't. And they said, well, you're gonna be a deserter. He said, but I, I can't. He said, the treatment I got, I just can't go. And so they said, uh, they said, well, okay, here's what it is going. You're, we're going to force you to go back. The MPs took him and they, they said, uh, uh, you're going to have to go back and be court-martialed in Vietnam. And so uh, he knew, at least he felt, that if I do, I'll not, uh, not come back alive. And so uh, he changed planes in Denver, had two MPs, and uh, he was so well-trained, and he told the MPs, he said, uh, look, at, take off these uh, handcuffs and these things, and he said, I, you know, I'm a fellow soldier, I've been well-trained, and, and so uh, uh, they said, okay, and they were walking to catch the plane, and I think to go to California, and then from there to, uh, back to Vietnam, 
And uh, so when he did that, he uh, knew just exactly what to do, and he escaped. He left them running and zigzagging because of the crowd of people, and out the door went and disappeared. And guess who he called? Me. <laughs> he said, I just deserted. He said, I cannot take this. I cannot go back to Vietnam and be court-martialed there. He said, they'll kill me. And he said, uh, Uncle, uh, Uncle Don, uh, what, what can you do? I said, well, I, I can't help a deserter. Uh, I said, but I have uh, a, uh, a cousin there who pastors a church. He'll come give you some money, and we'll fly you here to Arkansas. And when you get here, why, we'll decide what we're going to do. So Brother Parker met him in Denver, gave him some money, flew him to Arkansas, and as soon as he got here, um, we called the senator, called Fort Riley, Kansas, called uh, the, the mayor of our city, and I got in touch with as many political people as I could and said, I have a deserter. Uh, that just escaped, and, and uh, I said, he's here, and I said, we're going to try to get him back to Fort Riley. I don't want to be uh, help someone who has done that, but I said, this is my nephew, and uh, I said, we'll get him back to uh, uh, the, the fort, and, uh, uh, and so, but I want you to know he is going to be here uh, uh, in, our, uh, in our home. Uh, and as soon as we can get him ready, we'll, we'll take him to Fort Riley. And so, of course, I wanted to inform everybody what, what, I, was, uh, what I was doing uh, because uh, I didn't want to harbor someone who was a, a deserter because that's not a, a good word. Anyway, uh, he came in. He's been, he was raised Lutheran, came into the service, and... Uh, uh, worshiped with us and just for a little bit and guess what the Lord filled him with the Holy Ghost <laughs> baptized him in Jesus name and he said now he said I'm ready to go back and and uh, to Fort Riley Kansas so we took him back and uh, we called the commander of the of the uh, fort uh, the base and and told him I was bringing back my nephew and and uh, so uh, the uh, commander ushered him into his office with the MPs and the guards. And of course, my nephew stood at attention, and I came in, and, and uh, this commander said, I hear that you are the uh, pastor uh, that brought your nephew back. And I said, yes, sir. And uh, uh, he said, well, we're going to court-martial him, and uh, we'll do this here. And, and uh, uh, we'll take care of this. Thank you. You've done the country well, and, you, and I'm glad that he's going to come. And, and he said, is there anything that you'd like for me to do? I said, yes, sir. I said, I would like for you to, re uh, for, I'd like to request that you let him. I contacted the pastor. I think it was in Junction City was the closest church. And I said, I'd like for him to be able to go if it's with MPs or what, but I'd like for him to go to uh, church at Sunday, uh, Sundays. And, uh, and he said, uh, 
looked at me, he said, you know what? Uh, he said, I trained individuals just like your nephew. I know how he can escape. He's already done it. I know how these individuals will do. There's no way on earth I would let him go Sunday with MPs or out. He's going to be in the stockade and he's going to stay there until court martial and, uh, uh, and then we'll see what happens after that. Uh, but he said there is, he said there's no way. And of course, this is a career military man, very staunch, hard. And uh, uh, when he was talking, I just stood there and I said to myself, Lord, he might be the commander, but need to touch his heart. I said that within myself. And this commander looked at me and said, you know what, it's against my judgment, but I'm going to let him do that, just what you said. And I said, thank you, sir. And so they let him go to church and, and worship, and he did fine until he heard some individuals saying, they're going to take you back to Vietnam and court-martial you. He called me up and told me that, and he said, he said, Uncle, I'm going to escape again. I said, no, we told the commander you were not going to do that. You're going to be court-martialed here. Don't go. I talked to him probably 30 minutes, and uh, uh, he uh, finally broke down. It was the Lord. Finally broke down and said, I'll stay. And they court-martialed him, broke him down. I think he was probably a lieutenant or an E6, uh, uh, some rank. And uh, they broke him down, court-martialed him there. And, uh, and uh, in the process, he had to finish the term of two years. In the process of time, uh, called me up and said, uh, I don't remember how many months it was that it took. He said, uh, guess what? He said, I am working for the commander as an aide, as a secretary. He said, I'm in the office now. And he said, they're, they're going to take me back to the same rank that I had uh, when I was court-martialed, and I'm going to get an honorable discharge. He said, it's the Lord. I said, you're absolutely right. I said, uh, God uh, has performed a miracle uh, for you. And uh, he did that and uh, came back uh, and thanked us for the prayers and, and married a young woman and uh, just uh, done, done great. Well, uh, that's what I remember about <laughs> the, the wars. And not all so pleasant, but uh, yet the Lord was there. But um, we're in a new war. It's called terror. And uh, uh, I don't know where you were. What was it? 9-11? 7-11? I was at home in the kitchen when I received a call about 846 and someone, I don't remember, it was my wife, she was off at school, but they called and said, guess what? A, uh, uh, the uh, North Tower uh, in New York, a plane just flew into it. And then uh, 9.03, uh, a little bit later, uh, the South Tower, 
uh, a plane crashed into it. And then at 9.37, the Pentagon, a plane hit. In 9.59, uh, a plane went down because they stormed the cockpit and, and uh, uh, it went down. It was headed for the White House and it went down in, uh, in Pennsylvania. And, and uh, there was killed 2,996 uh, individuals. And uh, uh, we were in a uh, uh, new kind of war uh, called uh, terror. And uh, uh, we held a rally, uh, if you remember, and had 3,000 people there uh, to uh, pray for the country and the situation and to remember all those souls that were, were killed. So uh, terrorism, we're in terrorism, and we call it the last days. And uh, but the Lord knew all about what we have, what we're going to face, because uh, He said in Ephesians six twelve, "You fight against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places." This is terror that we're in. This is not. Vietnam, this is not Korea, this is not World War II. We, where are the enemies? Right here, powers, principalities. And so what do we have to combat that? Number one, we have the word of God to combat these spirits that are in our world. And then uh, not only do we have that, but he said uh, uh, in Ephesians 6 chapter, Put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to withstand what's going on in our world. So, uh, uh, terrorism is to create a climate of fear. And that's what has gripped our nation today. But guess what? The Lord knew all that. And he says in Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy uh, 1.7 says, God hasn't given us the spirit of of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So uh, we can fight this good fight of faith. Praise God. Why? Uh, because how do you fight terror? We have three weapons to fight. This, this means war for us. We have three weapons that we can use. One is the word of God and God. This, this here. I need to use this, the word of God, thank God, and uh, to combat the, the spirits that are in our world. And uh, uh, we have the armor of God. What about the helmet that covers this mind? See, when fear comes and uh, fear will attack, 17 years ago, I was in intensive care. Uh, I had a triple bypass, heart surgery, and uh, the, the fourth day, I was in terrible, uh, the, the, uh, the medicine had worn off, and I was in terrible pain, and uh, I had two nurses in there working on me, trying to get uh, me uh, situated, and, and uh, uh, the, the Methodist preacher from our city, a friend of ours, a neighbor pastor, uh, knew him, he came, uh, came in, saw them working on me and knew I was in pain and uh, uh, and and uh, somehow it was like a spirit of fear 
had gripped, uh, uh, came in uh, that room. And I, and I just was, it was just horrible. And uh, I thought, Lord, uh, I, I can't handle this. And the Methodist preacher saw what was going on and he looked in and he said, uh, Pastor, he said, uh, uh, I see they're working on you. I'm just going to pray here at the door. And uh, he lifted his hands and bowed his head and just reached in towards me and prayed. And I felt a presence of God come over me. And I thought, oh, God, thank you. Thank God for your divine touch. You know what? Fear, I need this helmet because fear can grip us any time. But God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, sound mind. Thank God. And I, I need that in this hour of terror. Thank God. This means war. And the war is the war of terror. Where are the enemies? Here, there. Fear comes in. And then... Uh, guess what? Thank God we can. Uh, I, I love this uh, when he told Timothy, he said, he said, our weapons are mighty. Thank God. And we have, we have, we have the three weapons. Thank God. Uh, the word of God, armor of God, and the spirit of God. I have the Holy Ghost. I have the power of God. I have the presence of God. Folks, you need all three of them to battle terror that's in our world today. Thank God. And it's, it's all around us. And I have no, I wish that I wish I had some answers to tell the government how to fight this terror. We don't know, see. And Israel found out <clears throat> in dealing with Hamas, tunnels underneath a hospital. Who's your enemy? See, Where, what, what do we do if we destroy this? Innocent people dying. I mean, it's such a, because it's terror, it's a different. And, this is what the devil uses on us, is this terror. Don't know where it comes from, here, there, but thank God I have the word of God. I have the armor of God. I have the spirit of God. That's, I want you to realize, that's the three weapons that can counteract terror, thank God. And you know what? It's, Paul said they're mighty Thank God, mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Thank God. So we can defeat the enemy, thank God, if we'll take those three weapons. Praise God. God bless you. In Jesus' name.